0: Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel.
0: Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly. And welcome back to Moms Going Boldly, where today we're talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 3, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Did you like this episode?
1: I did like this episode.
0: I loved this episode. I think
1: some of the dialogue was awkward, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, some of it was the Romulan, like when she says, I still can't get used to the ears yet. And right. And the whole you're bluffing conversation was kind of weird. But yeah, I did really like it. It did remind me of the Voyager episodes when they went back to the 90s. Yeah. And there was a little bit of original series, for me anyway, maybe it wasn't, a piece of the action when Kirk was trying to drive the car yeah. with Spock. And that scene still makes me laugh. Yeah. No matter. Well, I
0: agree. Sense. I thought it was a well done um, episode. There were only a couple of scenes for me that felt a little awkward as well, but they were so minimal; it didn't really take away from the enjoyment of the episode. So let me go ahead and read the synopsis from Memory Alpha, the Memory Alpha wiki. Laan travels back in time to 21st century Earth to prevent an attack which will alter humanity's future history and bring her face to face with her own contentious legacy. So one of the first things I think we should talk about here is that this is the first episode where we actually get to spend a huge amount of time with James T. Kirk. What did you think about him as a character in this episode?
1: Well, you know, I was always against James T. Kirk coming to the show, but it, it, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, me neither. No. And I like his character. I actually like this character, although there were some things he did that it, se- it seemed to me that he was trying to mimic the William Shatner character. Like what? like what? Well, mostly when he was on the bridge, the way he kept turning in his chair, the position he had his body in, the way he kept turning in his chair to look at her when she showed up on the bridge and they didn't know who she was. Right. But it wasn't that much, and it could have been just me. Right, but I did.
0: I didn't notice it.
1: He didn't bother me at all. I actually like this Kirk better.
0: Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. And because it's a time travel um, episode, which we've talked about this before, I love time travel episodes. I don't. I'm not crazy about time travel episodes, which go back to like our modern times, because to me it feels like a budget cheat. Yes. Let's cut our budget by doing a time travel episode where we don't have to spend any money on anything. Right, But this one actually worked really well.
1: It did. And like I said in the last episode, I like time travel episodes, but I get too hooked on everything that's happening and why it's happening and how come it doesn't affect it. You know, I get too involved in the minutiae to enjoy the episode, but this one didn't bother me either. I liked it.
0: Well, and I think because it was clearly an alternate timeline, so you didn't have to Worry too much about the details, which I thought was really good. And the other thing I really liked about this is that we actually got to spend some time with Laon, mm-hmm. not in her sort of unearthing her backstory kind of way, which is where the way we've spent time with her before. Right. It's all been sort of angsty backstory stuff. This time it was with Laon in the present, watching her character evolve right before our eyes. Yes. And I really liked that. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. One of the things I love about Strange New Worlds is that this is a true ensemble production, and we get to see each of these characters in their own stories, and I really enjoy that. Yeah. So we start off with La'on... Kind of going over, it's like a, it's her log. She does her log voiceover, and we kind of get to see her daily stuff where she's dealing with people's complaints to security Right. throughout the ship. And it's, right. and it's and it's handled in a really light, funny way. And we get to see a sense of humor in her that we've not really seen before. So I, I really enjoy that. And we see her interact with Helya, their, their new engineer, played by Carol Kane, in a way that is a, a nice dot connector for some scenes later in the show that I want to talk about a little bit more detail as we move forward. And then we see her taking out her frustrations with Dr. Mbenga as they're boxing. He's like, he's down. And she's like, no, he's like, as your doctor, you're not my doctor. Okay. As your sparring partner, go see your doctor. (laughs) So it's lovely, you know, interpersonal interaction there where he is showing care for her that she's rejecting because she is so wound up so last season it was wound up by I was orphaned by the Gorn and this season she's wound up by I'm descended from Khan nun and Singh
1: right and una's situation seemed to bring that more to the right. surface yeah
0: which was really cool because it made sense right you know now we're and now we're you know we're gonna have like a war with the Gorn it looks like so far from this season and she has to deal with her augment background because of una's trial based on the fact that she's genetically you know was genetically changed Mm -hmm. so the connectivity is really nice it's not like oh we're going to throw out now this issue and sort of it comes out of nowhere the connectivity was is cool So one of the things that Dr. Ambega says to her is that, you know, it seems to me this is really lonely. You're carrying this all by yourself seems lonely. And she sort of rejects him and she walks off and she leaves and she encounters, as she's going by herself down a corridor on the ship, she encounters this man who appears out of nowhere. He says, there's been a terrible attack in the past. and She has to go to the bridge and he hands her a device and dies and then the time changes. It's like, you see like this fabulous little mirage effect. And then it's clear to us as the viewer, she's now in a different timeline. So she goes to the bridge and discovers James T. Kirk is the captain, not Captain Quake. And she discovers that they are being hailed by a Romulan. The ship's in red alert. Excuse me. And they're being hailed by a Vulcan and it's Spock. And he's asking for their help to fight the Romulans. And they're like, no, we got our own Romulan problem. Thank you very much. <laughs> and she says, Captain, I need to talk to you. And he's like, what are you doing on my ship? And then they go into his ready room to discuss it. Now, this is the first thing that I kind of had an issue with that sort of, to me, didn't feel quite normal. I would think that if they're at Red Alert and they're in some kind of conflict with the Romulans, a stranger on his ship should be in the brig. Yes. So just going into the ready room to have a chat all by themselves seemed a little odd to me. But I was willing to let it go. Maybe they did a DNA scan on her and they concluded she was human and so they knew she wasn't Romulan. I don't know. But you would think an intruder on the ship would merit at least security.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: But it's a small thing. It's a really small thing. They get into a discussion about how, and this is for our benefit as the viewer, she's realized she's in a different timeline. Her time has now disappeared because of whatever changed and they need to go back and fix it. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I don't believe you. I think you're just nuts. And then they get into a, a, a tussle over the time travel device that the man in the corridor had handed her before he died and then they end up in toronto in the mid-21st century right and then they have to function there and there's some wonderful amusing scenes you know the fish out of water stranger in a strange land kind of scenes where they try to figure out how to function in a society that requires money and you know they have to figure out how they're going to survive and they actually end up getting money by kirk playing chess with a bunch of people in the park. Which yeah. I thought that was really a great way of doing it. It was a nice scenario, a nice little montage of all these people playing chess and losing to him and him get getting money and then they have enough money to function while they try to figure out how to change the time. Right. And we also get some really interesting character development for him. Because in his timeline, he was born in space on the USS Iowa instead of in the state of Iowa. I thought that was clever. Yes. Um, he's never seen a sunset or a sunrise because his Earth is a ruined Husk from all the wars and he like really enjoys hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go to a hotel room and this is the second place that I was not real happy with the story. She can't sleep. They're in a hotel room. He's sleeping on the couch, she's sleeping in the bedroom. And she can't sleep and she wanders out. And the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, are they trying to make it look like she's attracted to him? I... And then she did see him get undressed and kind of watched him like she was admiring his body for a moment. Yes. But her wandering out, and they had, it was the music that did it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to tell us right there. Yeah. And I was
0: like, they hadn't had enough interaction for that kind of attraction to start yet. This it, is a woman who keeps everyone at arm's length. Exactly. This, it didn't make any sense to me. When I watched it a second time, her expression didn't communicate that to me. Her expression and her body language said to me she was lonely, and she was feeling uncertain about you know, where they were and what they were doing, and he was the only person she could turn to because he was the only person understood. It was only the music that made it seem romantic. And so when I cut the music out, everything else made it made it seem a little bit more natural. Like she just This is unnerving and I need to talk to someone and this is the only person I can talk to. It's possible. (laughs) I'm going with that because that's what I wanted because otherwise it doesn't make sense.
1: No, it didn't make sense. I mean, we saw her watching him in the dressing room and then we had this scene and I thought, I was like, okay, already? You know, I thought the same thing, but I think that's what they wanted us to think.
0: Well, if that's what they wanted us to think, I think it was a little bit of a misstep because there just hadn't been enough interaction between these characters yet. It made much more sense for the romance, which did eventually blossom later in the story. And when it did blossom, it felt perfectly natural. They had been through stuff together. You know, they had been through a car chase and they had gone into Vermont to find Pelia. They had been through stuff together. They had laughed. They had shared meals together. There was just, you know, all of this togetherness, then it made sense for them. And most importantly, he did not recognize her name. Right. Which should have been a clue to her, but we'll get to that in a minute. And the fact of that helped her relax such that then the romance made sense. But before all that, it didn't make sense to me.
1: No, it didn't make sense to me either, but that's where I thought they were going. Yep. Yeah.
0: So when they wake up in the morning, they actually get into an argument because he's sort of like, why would I want to help you? I'm just going to hang out here and enjoy 21st century and, you know, watch the sunset because I don't ever seen sunsets before, because if I help you, it's going to change my past. And he only was convinced to help her when he was like, I might not even exist. She goes, oh, you totally exist because your brother tells me all about you. Right. And he's like, my brother's alive. And that's the moment he changes. When the realization that the future she comes from is better for him, then he's like, okay, I'm on board. Right. And then the the bridge outside their window blows up. And that's when she realized that time travel instructions were not to get to the bridge to find James T. Kirk, but to get to the bridge that blows up in a terrorist act. Except for that silly scene with her looking at him longingly in the while well, he's sleeping on the couch and not really sleeping, this episode is almost flawless. They discover evidence of future tampering. They encounter a crazy conspiracy theorist who thinks that aliens is inter- are interfering with Earth's progression and are re- responsible for the bridge blow-up.
1: And before we realized she was a Romulan, she kind of reminded me of the Sarah Silverman character.
0: Yes! Yeah. Yes, exactly, and I'm kind of wondering if the Sarah was a throwback to her.
1: It had to be, because when Voyager went back, it was because of a time problem, and she just reminded me of the Sarah Silverman character too much for it to be not related
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, rain robinson was the name of her character in that episode yeah i agree she did remind me of her and it was charming and you know and this is after the car chase that you talked about about that was kind of referential of kirk trying to drive a car in a piece of the action yeah 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 so that was good anyway and then they go find pelia because lon remembered that pelia said she had a place in vermont so they go find her in vermont lawn sister i know you're a lanthanite i know you live here forever we both have secrets that we don't want people to know about in this time we need your help to be an engineer and she's like i'm not an engineer i just sell stuff I stole," which is funny because now we know that lawn is actually the reason that pelia is on board the enterprise because she triggered her interest in engineering so they figure out a way to find the romulans and that's what they determined from the crazy girl who turned out to be a romulan Right. Um, was that the Romulans were on Earth, they find a way to track where the Romulans are gonna go next, and then Sarah, the Romulan disguise, confronts them. And it's like, you're gonna help me get into this place where this nuclear reactor is. And then they're like, nope. And then Kirk, which was really interesting to me, he calls her bluff, saying you're not gonna shoot me, and she shoots him. Now, he's come from a world where it sounded to me like they're always under the gun in his world. Right? They're on the right. run. The Romulans are, are a threat and they live on ships because the earth is dangerous and they live in, you know, subterranean lunar colonies because there's no other place to live. It just seemed weird to me that he would be so confident that she wouldn't shoot him.
1: Right. But the whole conversation didn't make a lot of sense. The way it was written. Yeah. She says, you're bluffing about what? And he says, try me. and then she right. sh- And then she shoots him. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so and the alarms went off, just like he said they would.
0: Right. So, yeah. But anyway, so he dies, which is very sad because they had just had this romantic encounter not 10 minutes before. And Lon, you can see Lon was, you know, so happy about finally finding someone who cared about her and didn't care about her history. Right. Or at least in her mind. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of this episode. Clearly, Dr. Benga doesn't care about her history. No one else on the ship cares about her history. Lon cares about her history. And so she keeps projecting that on other people. Right. She's carrying the weight of Khan. So then Sarah drags Lon in because where they were going in to find the nuclear reactor was the Noonien Singh Institute. So clearly there was a reason that Lon was there. And she drags, Sarah drags her in, shoots a whole bunch of people can't believe that they didn't have more people showing up after all these guards getting shot.
1: And the alarms are still going off, yeah.
0: And the alarms are <laughs> still going off. But then we realize that she is not there to blow up the reactor, which is what they think was the triggering event to change history. Instead, she's there to kill Laon's ancestor. Khan and Singh who's a child and the only way to get in his room is to have a handprint on the hand pad that has the proper DNA which of course is Lon's because Lon got her DNA from him so then we can have this really cool conversation and I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I thought this was brilliant sarah starts babbling about how the romulans have been here to stop the humans from evolving because they are the biggest threat in the future to the romulan empire so if they come back in time the computer program told them a computer analysis told them that if they kill khan it won't trigger the necessary events in human history to create the federation and she said and There have been temporal wars fought over this. And every time somebody comes in to try to stop this, time pushes back. I have been here since 1992. This was supposed to happen in 1992, and I've been stuck on this planet for 30 years. Right. And it was a wonderful and brilliant way to correct Star Trek canon, which of course was written, you know, in the 60s. Right. And they thought 1992 was far enough in the future to have, you know, the eugenics wars yeah and of course 1992 has come and gone with no eugenics
1: wars.
0: (laughs) so they figured out a way to change this to have this happen sometime in the murky 21st century i think it's supposed to be 2259 so you know a generation from now and still have it line up with canon still have Khan exist still have the eugenics wars exist still have all the things that happened in earth's past at the time of the federation to create the Federation. I thought it was brilliant.
1: Yeah, like I said, I usually get caught up in the minutiae, but this didn't bother me. And there was an explanation.
0: And it was done in such a way that was like, it wasn't an info dump. Oh, this has happened because blah, right. blah, blah, because blah, 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 because blah, blah, blah. No, it was during a rant where she's like, I've been stuck here for 30 years. Right. Brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I would have had a problem if we didn't get her rant with an explanation. But yeah, I was fine with all of it
0: yeah i thought it was terrific so lon and the romulan get into a fight which again kind of ties back to her fighting dr m Banga. we know that she's a good physical fighter so now she gets to use it in defense of her ancestor who she hates and it's like so meta it's, it's awesome anyway she wins she kills sarah sarah activates some kind of Thing where she disintegrates, her body disintegrates sort of like, you know, Hail Hydra biting the tablet in the Marvel movies so that they die. She leaves no physical evidence of her Romulan presence on Earth by completely disintegrating and then Lon looks at the device the time travel device and it shows that she's clear to return to the future right turns green she can go back but before she leaves she goes in and she checks on con who's hiding behind the bed and says are you here to kill me and she looks at the gun in her hand and then sets it down on the desk and says no and then she i think she takes a towel so his tears.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what she was wiping away, but she was wiping away something. Yeah,
0: I think it was the, uh, the first time around. I thought maybe it, maybe it was Romulan blood because I thought it looked a little green. But then when I the second time I watched it, I saw it again and it looked like he was crying because he was scared. And so she was like, you're just a little boy. And she was like, are you going to take me away? And she says, no, you are exactly where you need to be. And it's her. It was a wonderful way for her to reconcile herself with her own family's legacy. This had to happen. It did happen. It was going to happen. And she was going to have to be okay with it. And then she goes back. And, and she gets back on her ship.
1: And she leaves the gun in the room. On the t- and she on leaves
0: the, t- the gun in the room. I, I thought that was odd, too. Yeah. That, I thought that was an odd decision on her part, too. Yeah. To leave the gun in the room. So she goes back to her own time. She goes back to the bridge. Captain Pike is on the bridge with Una having an argument with Pelia over a painting she stole from the Louvre. <laughs> And because Laon knew she owed so much to Pellia for helping her, she was like, I think we can let it slide. And then she goes back to her room where she's met by someone from the temporal investigations in I, the future. I
1: know. Is that what I, she was called? I can't remember, but I, I know. And I was like, well, at least she'll be able to make a report and she won't have to carry all this by herself. But then I forgot about these
0: people. Right. <laughs> and the thing that I didn't like about this scene was this it was essentially the thing I didn't like about this the first you know at the very beginning where of course she says she's from the Department of Temple Investigations but is she really I think Lon should have asked for more proof right because she now knows that there's all kinds of factions trying to interfere with the Federation as it stands you'd think she would have wanted some kind of evidence that this person was actually who she said she was right but anyway but Lon didn't argue she gives her back with the device she's told that she can't discuss anything that happened with her with anyone from this time. That's what this woman said. And Mm -hmm. I took note of that. And then after this woman leaves, she kind of starts to relax. And she's trying to process everything that happened to her. And all of a sudden, she gets up and she goes and grabs like a pad. And she calls Lieutenant Kirk. Right. And asks him indirectly where he was born and confirms that he was born on Earth. She knew he had gotten his sunsets back. He says, buy me a drink the next time we're at Starbase at the same time and I'll tell you stories about my brother. And they hang up and then she starts to cry. And this was heartbreaking. I kind of felt like they spent too much time watching her cry. I think they could have given some of that time to her questioning the lady from Department of Temporal Investigations and then, and then sort of faded to black as she was crying. And I was really hoping that Helia would appear.
1: There's my question. Does Pelia remember her?
0: I'm sure she does. I'm, I'm sure that's going to come up later.
1: That's a, And I
0: was kind of hoping that Pelia would appear and uh, talk to her and say, how are you doing? Because the lady from the Department of Temporal Investigation says she couldn't talk to anybody in this time. But Pelia wasn't from just this time. She was from that time. Right. Too. Right. So that would make it okay. And and then it would tie in back to what Dr. Mbenga was saying was, I think you're lonely and then she could have this relationship with Pelia to start breaking out of that loneliness and the hands, you know, the arms lengthness that she keeps the rest of her crew. That's yeah. kind of what I was hoping for. Yeah. But it didn't, didn't work that way. So I think it I think there will be some connection between them because maybe Pelia doesn't know, but Pelia should have recognized the, the outfit.
1: Sure. That's so, what I mean. Because she
0: was wearing that 21st century outfit.
1: And see, these are the things that usually bother me. And that was the only thing, that was the only question I had because it didn't look like, well, we don't know yet, but it didn't look like she remembered her. But, of course, we didn't see her that much.
0: Right. So, anyway, that that's it. That was the story. But I thought it was still an excellent episode, despite all those little kind of things that I might have done a little differently.
1: Oh, absolutely. I love this one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What uh, rating would you give this one on a scale of 1 to 10?
1: I'll give mm-hmm. it an 8.5. No, I'll give it a yeah. 9. I'll give it a 9.
0: A 9? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking an 8.5 to a 9 as well. This is a really good season. They're doing so well this season. It's, it's really fun to watch. <laughs>
1: it is. It is. Yep. And that was a long one, too. That was almost an hour. It was an hour.
0: It didn't seem long. Which right. Which really kind of nice.
1: I watched it twice, and I remembered pausing it to see how much farther I had to go because I had to go somewhere. And um, I realized it was an hour. And if I didn't look, I wouldn't have known it.
0: Yeah, because the, the story was tight, and it went quickly.
1: Right, right.
0: Yep. So, all right. Excellent. Any other thoughts on tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow?
1: No, I loved it. I mean, yeah, no, I no complaints except for the little ones that I already mentioned, which were just little. Nope, yep. Yeah. Me
0: too. Okay. Well, then we invite our listeners to join us next time when we talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 4, Among the Lotus Eaters. Okay. That's a fascinating title. Yeah. So we we'll look forward to joining, having people join us then. Okay, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter at Ross Bugden, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org.
1: You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts.
0: Transfer complete.